remember how simple it was to make and keep girlfriends when you were really young. All you had to do was wear the same pair of tennis shoes as a classmate or a gal on the playground, and man, you were set. Best friends forever. But the further we grow away from kindergarten classrooms and recess time, the more complicated friendship with other women seems to become. Let's face it, friendship is hard. So how can we really achieve authentic friendship in our lives as Catholic women? And is it even worth the effort? Hey, welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we explore and embrace what St. Pope John Paul II called the feminine genius, this unique strength and dignity that we have as women and what growing in that looks like in our daily lives. My name is Chloe Linger. I'm a Catholic wife and mom living in Kansas City, and I'm hitting record on these conversations during my toddler's nap times and bedtimes, and you're more than likely to hear my three-year-old waking up from an afternoon nap. But it is these daily, seemingly mundane moments where I'm discovering more and more about who the Lord is creating me to be in today's world, and I'm so glad that you're along for the ride with me. I'm switching things up a little bit today, so if this is the first time that you've tuned into a Letters to Women podcast episode, welcome. Normally, I sit down with a Catholic woman and we chat about her story, something she's passionate about, and how she's living out the feminine genius in her daily life. But this week, in a bonus episode, and for only the third time in the entire five-year history of this podcast, I'm going solo to sit down and visit with you about my brand new book, Sisterhood, Giving and Receiving the Gift of Friendship, which launches into the world today, Monday, May 2nd. So today I'm going to share with you a little bit from the introduction to the book and stick around till the end for a launch day surprise for you as a Letters to Women listener. So during college, I was blessed with a beautiful group of friends who encountered and accompanied me for four years. For the first time in my life since early grade school, friendships with women were totally joyful and life-giving. But after I graduated from college, my girlfriends weren't just down the street or in a local coffee shop waiting to share inside jokes and encourage me when I was struggling. Instead, we were spread out throughout the country and the world with weeks, months, and eventually years stretching in between our formerly regular heart-to-heart conversations. The intentionality that friendship requires as an adult hit me like a ton of bricks. To top it off, I was a transplant in a new city. I was only a few months into the vocation of marriage, settling into a new home, and starting a new job. I often wondered if I would ever be able to make and maintain friendships in this season of life. I felt like I was in kindergarten all over again. In fact, if I'm being totally honest with you, the idea of having a fulfilling, wholesome, and holy sisterhood in that season of life seemed next to impossible. While my husband, Joseph, quickly hit it off with longtime college buddies who ended up in the same town as we did after graduation and fit in seamlessly with our new parish community, I was left longing for authentic friendship with women that I just couldn't seem to figure out. I almost started commenting on random strangers' shoes when I stopped in for an espresso at our local coffee shop to see if my old friendship-making tricks would pay off again. After all, you can never underestimate the power of a stylish ankle boot to spark a connection. But I was left exhausted. The easy way out seemed swearing off of establishing new friendships and just kind of hobbling my friendships from college along, checking in with people every so often despite the miles between us. Going to events without anyone I knew was so far out of my introverted comfort zone. Small talk was awkward for me, and I never knew quite what to say. While everyone on social media seemed to have their hashtag girl tribe, I floundered. I burned with jealousy when friends posted pictures of game nights, trips to local wine dives, and the girls' vacations that I longed to be included in. 
and I ached for an invitation to know someone was thinking of me, remembering me, and wanting to invest in a friendship with me. Even though I knew friendship with women could be good, I just wanted to call it quits. Let's be real. These days, growing an intentional friendship with other women is more challenging than ever. And this follows a broader societal trend as friendship in general becomes increasingly elusive. Some people today experience a total lack of close friendship in their lives. And while our Facebook friend list continues to grow and we connect over the photo grid of Instagram, research finds that two out of five people today admit that their relationships aren't meaningful. And one in five says that they're lonely, defining themselves as socially isolated. We're facing the irony of being hyper-connected, yet more solitary than ever before. We can list off our friends' breakfasts from their Instagram stories, recall their vacations thanks to Facebook, and laugh at what feels like inside jokes on Twitter. But when was the last time we had an intentional conversation about their day with these same friends? and listening to their story instead of watching it on our phones. As a modern society, our loneliness has reached epidemic levels. But as women, loneliness impacts us in a particular way. Women in all seasons of life report higher levels of loneliness than men. And because we as women tend to focus on building relationships more than men do, a lack of authentic friendship in our lives can leave us wrestling with depression. Different seasons of life can exasperate this loneliness. Seasons of singleness, especially when it feels like everyone and their sister is engaged or having babies, can leave you feeling like a very lonely party of one. Yet marriage and motherhood can usher in a different experience of loneliness. Cross-country moves or sharing a calendar with your spouse can make keeping those connections with friends difficult. You might feel alone in your experience of motherhood, exhausted by late nights and early mornings with little people, and hungry for adult conversation about something other than the latest episode of a PBS kids show. And regardless of your state in life, living through a world pandemic, enduring months of lockdowns, and keeping our physical distance made that ache for friendship and community even more acute. But physical isolation isn't a prerequisite for a desire for deeper, meaningful conversation and communion. Some of us are surrounded by women who we count as friends, but we want to take things to the next level of intentional friendship. So how can we patiently navigate the journey from discussions about the weather to -to heart-to-heart conversations about the big questions in life? And more importantly, how do we know which friends to go deeper with? And when we feel the nudge to take the courageous leap of opening up in healthy vulnerability, how do we resist the urge to smile and claim, everything is fine, even though we're longing for someone to ask us how we are really doing. We value emotional intimacy with other women. We desire and strive for authentic communication and work to truly understand the other. In fact, we even go so far as to align and mirror our facial expressions and gestures to other persons, communicating with our very bodies as women. But thanks to the sin that has mangled each and every one of our hearts, that good desire for authentic connection and communication also makes our friendships more susceptible to gossip, unhealthy venting, and competition. Maybe you, like me, are all too aware of those times in your own life when friendships involves comparison, backstabbing, rejection, or any of those stereotypes that we often have in our minds when we think of friendship with other women. Maybe you, like me, are all too aware of times in your life where friendship involved comparison, backstabbing, or rejection. Perhaps in your own story, you've experienced relationships that live up to some popular stereotypes surrounding friendship with other women. 
Maybe a friend made you feel like everything was a competition between the two of you, attempting to one-up you in success and finding it difficult to rejoice with you. Or maybe gossip has tainted your interactions, leaving you wondering what a friend said about you when you weren't around. You might be burnt out from friends who left you stranded after they canceled plans with you in favor of something better that came along. Or perhaps you felt used in past friendships, like you were just the means to someone's end. Experiences with friendships that embodied those tropes or fears of being hurt by them can keep us from trying to form close friendships with women. After all, who needs the drama from mean girls or clueless in our real lives? Why not just throw up our hands and walk away from feminine friendships altogether? It seems like an easy option, especially in today's culture, which encourages us to embrace independence and autonomy. Or we might be tempted to eschew friendships with other women in favor of friendships with men, which at times can seem simpler and at least less dramatic. This isn't to say that you have to be friends with only women. Holy friendships centered in Christ between men and women is possible, and there are some amazing examples of saints who strove for a life of virtue alongside the opposite sex in holy friendships centered on Christ. Like... St. Francis of Assisi and St. Clare of Assisi, Pope St. John Paul II and St. Teresa of Calcutta, and Francis de Sales and St. Jane de Chantel. As you examine your friendships while reading this book, many of the topics included here apply to friendships between men and women too. The truth is we all need each other, despite how messy and broken we all are as human beings. Every single one of us is part of the body of Christ. And Christ invites us to build each other up in holy, authentic, and healthy friendship. But here, we're going to focus specifically on feminine friendship. Because as women, we are especially equipped for this wholesome and holy friendship with other women in our lives. A friendship that goes beyond the shallow hashtags and achieves true sisterhood. John Paul II wrote in his 1995 letter to women, Perhaps more than men, women acknowledge the person. Because they see persons with their hearts, they see them independently of various ideological or political systems. They see others in their greatness and limitations. They try to go out to them and help them. In this way, the basic plan of the creator takes flesh in the history of humanity and there is constantly revealed in the variety of vocations that beauty, not merely physical, but above all spiritual, which God bestowed from the very beginning on all, and in a particular way, women. John Paul II is speaking to what is perhaps the most incredible aspect of authentic sisterhood. When we are truly present in these friendships, we're able to encounter the beauty that God reveals through the lives of women, and we're able to grow in that beauty ourselves. But if friendship is so important to not only our lives here on earth, but also to our desire for our eternal home, Why are so many of us struggling to make and maintain friendship with the women in our lives? One culprit in this struggle is the busyness that rules our daily lives. Friendships take time and intentionality to form, and that's something challenging to order well in the midst of school and family life and careers. Also, our cultural fascination with technology and social media is impairing our capacity for true friendship with each other. We have hundreds, if not thousands of connections with women online, but in our hearts, we know we're made for deeper intimacy than just responding to Instagram stories or clicking like. And vices like comparison, jealousy, gossip, and pride can get in the way of relationship. There's a plethora of reasons why we're struggling as women and unique reasons that answer the why in your own story. Servant of God, Dorothy Day knew about this struggle too. 
She wrote about it in her autobiography, The Long Loneliness, saying, I was lonely, deadly lonely. And I was to find out then, as I found out so many times over and over again, that women especially are social beings who are not content with just husbands and family, but must have community, a group, an exchange with others, young and old, even in the busiest years of our lives, we women especially are victims of the long loneliness. As women, we experience a deep longing for companionship, and the answer to that desire is friendship with other women who inspire us to grow closer to Christ and become the women he's created us to be. Sisterhood is not just a trend or a privilege for a select few of us. Instead, friendship with other women is a necessity for every woman, no matter what season of life we find ourselves in. Each of us longs for the answer to that long loneliness that we experience in a uniquely feminine way. The world tells us that we need community with other women because those female friendships make us both physically and mentally healthier. Society urges us to look for a shoulder to cry on, a person to boost our self-esteem when we're down, someone to clink wine glasses with in moments of celebration, and women whom we can gather with for a lighthearted brunch with a bottomless mimosa on a long Sunday morning. But this mentality encourages us to approach friendship with another woman, asking what we can get out of her, which can lead us to believe that friends are people to use so we can get what we need. But authentic friendship, the kind that we need as women and with women, comes from a posture of receptivity and generosity. We have to start by asking, what do I have to give instead of what can she give me? Our relationships with women in our lives should be occasions for each one of us to build the other up. Instead of being gossip hubs, those friendships should equip us to return to our families and those close to us and love them better. We shouldn't leave conversation with these friends wondering what is said about us after we're out of earshot. These are the friendships that help us bust through those stereotypes of comparison and competition. Authentic friendship is necessary in our daily lives because we're made for it. We're created in the image of a triune God who is community, communion, and friendship itself. Relationship is stamped into our very spiritual DNA. Not only does God desire to be in relationship with us, he longs for us to be in authentic friendship with others too. He gives himself as a complete and total gift to us and asks us to go and do likewise. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, he tells those who follow him. For I have given you an example that you should also do as I have done. God created you and me as women with a feminine genius. It's not just a buzzword or a box that you have to stuff yourself into or a cookie cutter model for the one perfect way of living authentically as Catholic women. The feminine genius is a phrase that John Paul II used to describe the specific and unique strength of each woman. He recognized that God entrusts humanity to women in a unique way that honors their dignity as children of God. The hour is coming, in fact has come, when the vocation of woman is being achieved in its fullness. The hour in which woman acquires in the world an influence, an effect, and a power never hitherto achieved. That is why, at this moment, when the human race is undergoing so deep a transformation, women, impregnated with the spirit of the gospel, can do so much to aid mankind in not falling, he wrote in Mulieris Dignitatem, 
The feminine genius is the way that we as women can keep our entire society on the right path. That's a life-changing truth and an invitation to freedom since each woman lives out this unique feminine genius in her own way. You have a beautifully specific way that the Lord is inviting you, asking you to help the entire human race. There's a reason that John Paul II thanked every woman for the simple fact of being a woman when he wrote his letter to women. Throughout his writings, he mentions four ways that this feminine genius is expressed. Receptivity, sensitivity, generosity, and maternity. And those four expressions are incorporated in a wide variety of qualities and characteristics. Every woman, regardless of her state in life or her vocation, is called to live the feminine genius in her own beautifully unrepeatable way. We live it in our roles as daughters, sisters, mothers, co-workers, and friends through our conversations, interactions, reflections, and our daily lives. Regardless of your state in life, there is one thing that holds true for each one of us as we discover what it means to live fully alive. We have to unpack and explore our feminine genius with the women in our lives. In relationships with our mothers, sisters, friends, daughters, and neighbors, we see true femininity modeled. And in conversation with them, we discover truths about who we are and who God is. Those same women remind us what is truly important each day as we strive for lasting joy and holiness. We don't need a hashtag girl tribe, but we do need sisterhood in order to flourish. Friendship is a thing most necessary to life, since without friends, no one would choose to live, though possessed of all other advantages Aristotle famously penned all those years ago. And despite the centuries between those of us here today and Aristotle, his wisdom still rings true in our daily lives. We need sisterhood, even when it's awkward, hard, challenging, or seemingly impossible. No, especially then. Because in those moments, we can begin to realize what a gift friendship is. One that we not only give, but we also receive. And when we're able to understand friendship as a gift... We can give ourselves and receive other women in a way we never have before. We can grow in authentic friendship in ways we never thought were possible. Dare to love and to be a real friend. The love you give and receive is a reality that will lead you closer and closer to God, as well as those whom God has given you to love, writes Henry Nouwen, a Catholic priest, professor, writer, and theologian. The love that you give and receive. The gift of friendship is not just something that you give to other women in your life. It's something you receive in turn as well. And not only that, but the very gift of sisterhood is a gift from God. I am not an expert when it comes to giving and receiving the gift of feminine friendship in my own life. The first few years after college are proof of that in my own life. As the years have passed, I am now blessed both with new community of women that I have settled into and also the rekindling of friendships from past seasons. I've learned so much about friendship, the Lord, and my own heart in intentional conversations in small groups, in coffee shops chasing toddlers, and on the phone with friends who may live 100 miles away but are still very much part of my life as a Catholic woman. But I know there is still so much that I need to learn about friendships with women in my life. Sometimes during the writing process of this book, I wondered if the reason that God invited me into this project was because he wanted me to learn more about the art of friendship myself. 
But the beauty of recognizing friendship as a gift is that we can always become better at giving ourselves to the other. And we can always grow in the art of receiving the gift of others too. So I invite you to learn about the gift of friendship with me. In the pages of this new book, we'll be exploring what it means to be a Eucharistic friend, a friend who reflects the friendship of God in the lives of those around us. We'll discover what the culture gets wrong and right about sisterhood, and I'll work alongside you to reject the temptation to compare and compete with other women. You'll also encounter stories along the way from women who share their personal experiences of friendship. These real talks on everything from hospitality to friendship and times of transition show the true diversity of authentic sisterhood. It's not going to be as easy as spying a pair of matching shoes on the playground all of those years ago, but the gift of friendship is worth it. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or two, and let's unwrap the gift of feminine friendship together. You can pick up a copy of Sisterhood, Giving and Receiving the Gift of Friendship, starting today, May 2nd, anywhere that you buy books, from your local Catholic bookstore to Amazon, and you can also find it directly through my publisher at osvcatholicbookstore.com. I'm giving Letters to Women listeners access to the introduction, first chapter, and a few of those real talk sections of the book written by friends and women you'll recognize from their conversations with me on this podcast, like Kiki Rocha and Lindsay Schlegel. You can access that through the link in the show notes and start reading today. Keep an eye in your podcast feed for a really special series on friendship this summer, where I'll be sitting down with women who wrote those real talk sections in the Sisterhood book, and we'll be talking about their experience with friendship with the women in their lives and taking your questions on navigating friendship in your daily life as a Catholic woman. If you grab a copy of the book and share about it on social media, don't forget to tag me. It's so fun seeing this book out in the real world. On Instagram, you can tag me at letters to women underscore podcast. Find out more about the book and what you'll find inside of it at my website, letters to women podcast.com slash sisterhood. That's all I have for this week's bonus episode. Join me back in your podcast feed next week for a conversation with Catholic counselor, Julia Hogan Warner. We are talking about perfection, being a work in progress, and embracing the life God gives us. And until then, be not afraid.